Hi everyone, Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and the host of this podcast, where we peek inside the everyday lives of our inspiring small business community. This episode is brought to you by our Flying Solo Business Class Membership. That's your annual pass to great deals, discounts, tips and wisdom for building the business of your dreams. Plus, you get the opportunity to be a guest on this podcast, all for just $165. Head to our website for details. Technology, digitising processes, data, you name it. All of these things don't come easily to all of us as small business owners. And in fact, when we're trying to manage our time, it can often be really easy to just think, I'll do it the way I've always done it and not change anything because it's going to save me time. Unfortunately, what tends to happen with that is we run into a whole set of other problems. So today's guest is Anthony Sapunzis, the co-founder of Arian Technologies, and he's back on the podcast today to talk us through six easy ways that we can digitize our processes for our business and in the end achieve better productivity. Anthony, welcome back to the Flying Solo podcast. Thanks for having me back, Lucy. The first thing I wanted to say was congratulations because you guys are based uh, in Melbourne and obviously as we're talking now towards the end of November, you've just made it out of lockdown. I was wondering how it feels to have that freedom back again. It's been a drastic change. This year has been crazy, as everyone knows. Um, I think, yeah, the biggest changes came around this week was not about having to wear a mask when you're outside. Yeah. That's one of the, the easiest ones to get used to and feel like you're normal again without having that restriction. But yeah, it's been a couple of meetings we've had already with clients outside the office. So it's been a good change over the past six months where it's been working inside my home office and barely leaving the chair. <laughs> yes. Finally out into the free world again. It's really wonderful news. Mm-hmm. Um, so today's topic is a great one because I think as I mentioned in the intro, it is so easy for us as small business owners to just either fall back on old habits or just keep habits going because we think by doing what we already know or what we've always done is going to actually save us time and time is everything, right? But why is that really a bad idea when it comes to managing the data processes within our business? So, yeah, whenever we hear that's the way it's always been done, that's generally a red flag for the process is there because no one cares to think about doing anything different. And then that means if it's related to data, there's going to be a duplication of data, double, triple, quadruple handling in some cases that we've seen. Things get lost, misplaced, takes too long to find stuff. So when the process is in your business and you think that's the best way to do it and it's just the way that's been done, there's always room for improvement. It's never the most efficient it can be. So yeah, whenever you hear that, it should bring bring red flags. Or if you think about it and go, I don't actually know why we're doing it this way. It's just what I do. That should start bringing some like alarm bells and thinking, all right, how can we improve this? Where can we get some gains? But not everyone thinks in that way. So it's you have to be prompted. So my business partner will go through stuff and just do them. I'm the one who comes up with processes and tries to change things. So people are geared to do things differently as well. So that makes it a bit harder. Absolutely. And I guess um, because you guys, you're obviously working in a partnership that does make it easy for wherever one person has a strength, usually the other person is slightly weaker and and vice versa. Um, For people running businesses on their own, what do you think is, what do you think we could tell it? I mean, I suppose it's what you're saying there. You know, if we're just saying to ourselves, well, I've always done it that way. Maybe it's enough then to just go, hello, red flag, time to make a change. Or is there some other prompt we can set for ourselves? 
I think the, the, the prompt would be for you setting something for yourself to like reassess processes. Normally, I know if you're on your own, you get caught up in doing everything in the business. So you wear every hat that's, that's within the business and it's hard to do anything different because you just have to do what you do because that's the easiest way to do it. That's generally how you get through the day because otherwise, if you're trying to change a process and do a new one, initially while there's that extra time, over the long term, there might be benefit, but you don't normally see it that way. You're just trying to get through task after task after task. And when you are the sole operator and you've, you're taking everything on board, if, you're not, if you don't have that mindset to try and challenge yourself and improve the way you're doing things, you just need to hopefully take this episode as a prompt and think, all right, what are we doing in our business that we can improve or change? Or what's something that, you know what, I know this person is, I have to copy this information from this system or this spreadsheet to another one. How can we make that quicker? Because even just a little change like that mm. in any business can have huge benefit over time. Yes. Obviously, they, that change cascades and multiplies the bigger the business because then five minutes by 100 staff is going to be a much greater saving than five minutes per person. But to yourself, if you do for that five minutes 10 times a day, you've almost got an extra hour. Yeah. So what could you do with that extra hour? Yeah. Well, that's a powerful thing to do. And actually, when I was thinking about talking to you, because I am definitely guilty of doing that, not just at work, but also at home, you know, I just always done that that way. I'm going to do it because it's quicker. But what I think is is one way of managing that too, is to have either a Google Doc or a piece of paper and just write those things down. So even if you can't action that change within that second or hour or whatever you've thought it at least you've got it there on a list because it makes it much easier to go back to and go that's right I was going to reset that and maybe do it all in a batch or something yeah that's definitely a good approach having that prompt and the time to do it yeah in our business we've implemented like a monthly meeting with the whole team we'll try and discuss processes and see has anyone got any suggestions or how we can improve anything Mm -hmm. so something as small as that with yourself you just take the time to reflect on even if it's one different process a month so you could be all right how do we do our onboarding in January, how do we approach in February um, contacting leads or in the third one, how do we get on converting sales or writing up contracts or whatever the process may be? Just take one of those things and reflect on it for an hour and just see what else you could be doing or get feedback from your clients, even ask them if it's customer facing. What suggestions do you have about how we could improve this process? Mm, that's a good one. So I think when I think of digitizing and, and data, one of my absolute problem areas is my passwords. I constantly forget them. I'm constantly frustrated by them. I'm constantly yelling when I can't remember them. And I'm wondering what is your recommendation then for securing, um, or for, sorry, for creating a really secure process for recording these passwords? Yeah, so we've had a few different processes in our business. So we started off with some sticky notes, as everyone does. We then shifted to a shared Excel document on our uh, network storage, which was everyone had access to all the passwords in plain text in one file. So if we ever got hacked, it was open slather to everything we owned. And then we moved to an online password manager. So we use in our business called uh, one called LastPass, but there's another one called OnePassword and there's a couple other alternative software. And what they do is they record all of your usernames, passwords and sites, have them encrypted in the cloud and you're the only person with your pa- master password that can unlock it. So it's secure. And those things also provide ways to generate random passwords for you. So because I'm a little bit extreme, I hit all right, 64 length, 64 character length random passwords. Oh my so I don't remember passwords to any of the sites. I only remember a couple main ones and my LastPass account. Without that, I don't think our business could operate with the few staff that we have and all that in place. So I think we're managing 850 different accounts in that platform at the moment for all the different websites and systems and things that we work on. So that's really one way to help 
add security to your process and protect your accounts. Because if a hacker gets into one system, then they'll try using the email from that, get into your other ones. Because a lot of people use the same password across everything. Mm. And then that now opens up you to everything. So that's one problem. If you've got one password, not the software. So if you've got one, the same password across different services, that's a red flag already. You should try and have something different. If you don't want to move to one of these platforms, you can just come up with a password process or a scheme or something. So you might incorporate the name of the service or the year or make up a string that's easily rememberable when you go to that website. Yeah, that does make sense. I just wanted to go one step back actually with the the programs you mentioned there, LastPass, and I can't remember the other one you said, but... A one password. One password. So what you're saying there is then you need a password for that though. So what happens? Yeah, so that's the only one you'll need to remember though. The benefit of how we use LastPass is there's a Chrome extension that we've added or it's on other browsers as well. As you go to a website, you can sign into the extension and then if it takes the website as part of one of your accounts, it'll pop up and fill in the details for you. So you don't have to actually type in the details for that account. So, and what if we're running a business where we um, are still giving our clients forms, you know, maybe it's um, maybe it's an invoice, maybe it's a form to elicit information or a questionnaire and those forms are something that we constantly update the data on or we constantly need to refill them mm-hmm. is there an easier way of i suppose yeah digitizing that kind of process yeah so if you're we'll talk about invoicing first so if you're doing an invoice if you're filling it out via excel and you have to keep replacing values and changing them we you can use this platform like zero as an accounting software or myob online and they can generate the invoices for you so you don't have to fill out that template every single time you put in values you just have to put in the core line items and the and they'll calculate the totals and the gst and everything applicable for you if it's um like data capture and lead forms or support tickets um you might have forms for that in your business or contact forms on your website they can definitely be automated and there are numerous systems online that allow you to create a form provide the response via an email or even into like a uh, google sheet or excel online sheet and have that data in a centralized spot and what those forms you can then specify all right you can have all your questions they can be cascading you can have rules that run off them and you can get an email as soon as you get a response big benefit in one of these platforms is if you have to hand out a piece of paper to a client in a meeting, then you ha- you then have to then type those responses up into another website at some point or another system. Mm. And generally what happens is people make typos. No one's a perfect typer. So you'll either write in the data wrong, put into the wrong column, and they won't get caught until down the line. And then you'll forget what's the actual, what is the right data? Is it the one I entered or is it the one that's on the sheet if you go back to try and cross-reference it? Because they might have made a typo, you might have done something wrong. But then there's automations that can, be, that can come out of that. So the systems like Zapier. So if I get a new response in the contact form on my website and it goes into that spreadsheet or the Google form that I've created and it goes into a spreadsheet, then send an email or push to my CRMs and record that contact there. So then I can then make a task for a follow-up. So there's a lot of extra benefit from digitizing stuff which is just beyond having it as a digitized version yeah i mean definitely the what you're describing there without taking out that back and forth process if there is an error or something you need to clarify is just enough to probably justify it and um what about the cost for those those kind of programs anthony are they expensive yeah so no there's a free version if you use google forms Mm. doesn't look the best but it does exactly the same as what the others do it creates a form gets responses stores them gives you emails and that's free if you've got a gmail account um another one we've used type called type form and that's i think it was about 14 or 14.95 a month which isn't too bad depending on the volume of responses that you get and how you how much value that brings to your business that could be something worth looking at as well and there are more expensive systems that tie into like an overall 
CMS or business process management system. So if you use um, like Pipedrive or Active Campaign or Zoho systems for a CRM and like a sales pipeline, mm-hmm. they have forms built into it which will collect data and turn them into a lead. Okay. So as we're talking about saving time, I know a lot of our small business community spend a lot of their day on the phone. Um, either they're explaining their product or service or talking people through quotes or just taking inquiries, whatever it is. Obviously, that's something we, depending on the type of our business, I suppose we still want to be able to manage that time well or do spend our time most efficiently um, when we're doing that. Are there any kind of ways we can digitise that sort of process obviously we can't digitize the phone stuff but if there was ways to sort of minimize how many kind of types of questions we were getting through random phone calls is there processes that can help us with that yeah so with how quickly technology has changed over the last 10 years we've gone from basic chat systems to a thing called a chatbot now so it's pretty commoditized there's services online that allow you to make a chatbot so you can run a google message like widget on your website you can program it to say, if someone asks me this question, answer with this. So you can do some like initial triage of a client query. And if they can't, if that bot doesn't resolve their question, you can then forward that on and send yourself an email or you can jump onto the actual chat in Messenger and continue the conversation. That's a really easy way to try and automate some of those standard questions that people ask and move them through the process without actually you getting involved and taking up all your time, especially if you're a single operator. Mm. But in saying that digitizing phone calls, there are services that let you do like the, what they call robo calls. So if you've just got a general follow-up with someone, you could just use one of these online services. I think Twilio potentially has one like that. And you can program a robo call, which will call someone, ask a question and take a response. So if that's, all right, are you happy with our last service rather than you doing the call? That's potentially a way to do it. The look of your business and how you want to feel when you're contacting customers. But there are some other options around there for very, very simple questions you can ask. Okay. And do those do those type of services then feed back the data to you on email or something? So how do you collect that? Yeah, so they collect it in, in their own systems and I'm pretty, you can export out of them. And I'm pretty sure you can you probably set up triggers to get emails. Sounds great. Never knew about that. The other question I had was around to-do lists. They're something that we talk about a lot here at Flying Solo. Everybody's got their own way of doing it. Everyone's fairly passionate about their own way of doing it. Um, I listened to something the other day where a guy said he only emails himself a to-do list and that made me do a happy dance because that's what I do. I find that above all, that's the most efficient for me. But what's your recommendation with these? I mean, surely, I mean, I know there's loads of tools out there that you can that you can use, but what's your recommendation for sort of the more sort of efficient ones or the, or the most popular in terms of your clients? Yeah, I think it's, it comes down to probably personal opinion on how you approach a to-do list. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many different probably processes and approaches I've tried from one, someone recommended from Tony Robbins, another one from Andy Frisella and there's other plans and how to organize your to-do list and tomorrow and the next day and things like that. Yeah. Um, I've, within this week I've just committed to using Trello for like the front half of the business, which is like the client approaching. So we can manage that and build a to-do list into that process. Mm-hmm. Before that I was using Google tasks and I've used to do it before, but it really depends on what your approach is. So is a to-do list for you simply treated as, is it a, an item that has to get checked off and done? Or do you need to see an item that can be in progress and there's different statuses attached to it? So for us, the way we operate, there's, it's ne- it's very rarely a one single item to-do list, which is, if it is, it's just generally email a person. But in the broader context of that, that is part of another 
to-do item, which is contact or a client on regards to a project. So there has to be, for us, a status flow that goes in between so we can keep track of where everything's at. Yeah, you guys obviously have a team too. So I suppose it all, the process you decide to choose is dependent, again, on the size of your business. Oh, definitely. So if you're a one-person operator and you can manage a to-do list with a simple checkbox and you can remember most things in your head, mm-hmm. that's probably a good thing. But if you have the ability to add comments and have a history of what you've done, something like that will be more beneficial. You just have to get in, get in the habit of writing down those notes on that task. And then if you need to see progress, you can just have a simple to do in progress and done. But that'll give you an indication. The done column is what like the light at the end of the tunnel. You have to see that growing and things going in there to see, all right, this process is working. The to-do list will just give you every time you get an idea, dump something in there. And the in progress are the ones that you're working on. As long as you can put the history and keep track of what you have done on those tasks, you might get back to it next week. At least the data is there to remind you what you were doing and what you're in the middle of. That's great. So once we've got all these systems locked into place, let's say that we've decided that all of those are really good options. I know we talked in the intro about how we actually reset our minds in terms of going, yep, let's not just fall on a hold habits, but just assuming that we have created these new habits, what's a simple way that we can ensure we're then staying on top of any updates we need or changes we need to do to each of those systems? So with those systems, because they're most generally are cloud-based these days, um, I'll suggest don't unsubscribe from the, news, the emails that you get from them because the systems will update themselves, but they'll send through emails when there's an update and tell you what the new features are, provide you tips. So we use one that always sticks out of my head is we use a system called Confluence, which is... Uh, online wiki and documentation system but every time they do a round of changes they provide an email with like a tutorial on how to use it how they use that feature inside their own business and what the benefits of doing it this way are so you get sort of like training on them as you go Mm -hmm. and if i just ignore those emails i wouldn't notice that and i wouldn't know that there's new features or new ways or how to improve something or if i'm doing something wrong even so that's one good way they'll provide you the updates and give you all the information as you need it but again if you're if you start that process that we mentioned where you add a a reminder at the, at the every month and have like a reflection session, then it could be, all right, is there an alternative to this software? I don't like the way it's doing something. Can I use something else? How else can I use it? Rather, what other gains can I get from it? Yeah, they're great. <coughs> Especially like that first one about not deleting those t- type of emails. I am also guilty of being a person that does that really, you know, reactively. <laughs> um, so I suppose another way of doing that too would be to, funnel them all off into a, a folder in your emails and then you know that they're all going there and you can just go check them out. Yeah, that's a great idea. I might do that one after this. I haven't even done that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you can tag them and put in a, like a read later column or it's that's like right. tools read I'm later. using, then it's something to just have a look at. And if you add that reminder every month and that's just all right, spend five minutes, just skim through them and see if anything stands out and you might improve a process and gain a couple extra minutes. Absolutely. And we all need that. We all need both of those things. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Did you want to plug your website before you go? Yeah. So you can reach out to myself or the team at arion.com.au um, on LinkedIn. I'm available all the time. And if you're interested, check out the devready.academy. We've got our, po- our own podcast and information that we provide to help small businesses and other startups develop technology so it's targeting non-tech building tech fantastic thanks so much anthony cool thanks lucy